It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in hour number three of the program, the third and final hour. And I think we'll have some more time to discuss the ballot question, the lack of response uh, ahead of. And uh, and Chris and Marcus will also continue this discussion with you as well uh, ahead of the mayor's appearance with them on South Coast now at 11 a.m. But that will be a must listen to segment as it is each week, but especially this week. Uh, to see if the mayor offers any information on what was going on there and, and what what might be done to help this particular situation and also to keep it from happening again in the future. And we are joined now by New Bedford Police Lieutenant Scott Carolla and Captain Derek Belong. We're going to be talking about some of the feast security measures that will be put in place this year and the reasons why and and Captain Belong is the captain of the North End. This is, you know, that's on your plate. You're you're the one that's overseeing things that happen at the feast each year. First of all, just talk to us a little bit about what feast security has been like in the past. Of course. Uh, thank you for having us this morning. We appreciate the opportunity to speak about this. The New Bedford Police historically has worked collaboratively with the Madeira Feast Committee each year to establish uh you know, the standards and security with any large major event and try to provide the best security to make sure that it's safe for the thousands of people that not only live here, but travel to New Bedford for the Madera Feast over the four-day span. And so, Lieutenant Carolla, we've talked a lot about the way that the public perceives safety in the city. Uh, there's been a lot of, you know, stories that have been out there in the in, in years past about the way that the feast used to be, and and people would complain about, and for decades now that hasn't been the case, but that kind of still persists a little bit. Have you been able to kind of combat people's ideas of what the feast is like when it comes to security? I think so. Well, the the, the best defense against that is just the experience that you have, right? Um, I can tell you that you know, the captain and I we've worked the Madeira feast for the for the past couple of decades. And it just seems to get progressively better as we go along. Um, you know, I know, yeah, th- th- there was, you know, th- there was a reputation years ago of it being kind of a wild place. And I guess any, any place that uh, is a good, is a, a good and big party can get that reputation. Right. So, but uh, you know, it's throughout the years, it's gotten better. And uh, we feel very confident that, you know, everybody can go there and have a good time, especially with the, uh, the security measures that are in place now that really are up to par with industry standards, you know, as far as going to all these entertainment venues that you go to now, they have very similar practices in place. And and that's the thing. That's what people don't really take into consideration about this is that the feast isn't just our little hometown thing anymore. This is a big event. This is a, you know, a, na- a nationwide event, people coming from all over a global event. Yeah. So this is something that requires that higher level of security. And Captain Belong, with all of the security that has been there in the past, 
uh, I'm sure, you know, the situations that you had ha have had to deal with are mostly just, you know, people who just have a little bit too much to drink, people who don't know how much to party safely, you know, more of those kind of minor issues than it's been anything, anything major. Correct. It's, it's, you know, it's similar to if you would go down to any downtown area where they have <laughs> bars, except magnified because everyone's in one place. So you have your occasional person who's intoxicated. We get a lot of medical calls, a lot of people who just see that too hot during the day, dehydrated, too much Madeira wine, not enough water, um, <laughs> things of that nature. Very rarely do I have anything of a, a really serious concern that happens, you know, um, during the event. But it's still important to us to prepare for every scenario and make sure we provide the best security so that we can prevent those things from happening. And, and part of that, I'm sure, is you obviously you don't want to give away all the secrets of, of how you keep things secure, but it's also about making sure that it's more than just the feast grounds that are secure. It's about making sure that the area around the feast is also secure as well. Correct. I mean, little things from even having um, the, the parking supervisors out there tagging cars that are blocking driveways. People don't realize that we do that around the perimeter of the feast grounds. You know, we have extra patrols, you know, there's staff that are inside the grounds, there's staff on the perimeter, there's staff in the immediate area, because those, you know, to your point, it's not just in the grounds, right? When you come down from out of state and you drive to New Bedford, you want to feel safe and you want to enjoy the event and it, you want it to be a positive experience so that you come back. And, you know, so we want to highlight how great the city is and how great the event is over the four days. And, and Lieutenant Carolla, you deal with a lot of different groups in across the city with um, all the different events that go on and all of that. How how would you characterize, you know, handling what goes on with the feast compared to some of these other things that happen in the city? Well, you know, there are similarities uh, with this event and any other, but uh, you'd have to magnify them because it is such a big event where we, you know, it's our flagship event where we have uh, just a, a massive amount of people coming in for four days. So... I would say similar to other events, but just on a much grander scale. Um, and, you know, it's important to also realize that, you know, where the feast is held, it's not in an industrial park, you know, or a, a stadium that's in the middle of, uh, of the woods. It's in the middle of, of residential neighborhoods, you know, so, uh, and that gives you that, spe that special, you know, home-like home, home -like feel, you know what I mean? That's, uh, that's part of the rich Madarin culture, so... Uh, but along with that comes the fact that you know you also have to you also have to account for the neighbor the surrounding neighborhood you know we've and through the years we've taken that into consideration as well as the captain says we have uh, you know up uh, uh, we have upped the staffing with the tactical patrol force and everything in the, in the uh, throughout the neighborhood to address issues that might be spillover from the actual feast. So let's talk about what some of the changes are this year. We've talked a little bit about them on the air. But when we talked with the folks over there at the feast and at the club, they said that it was the police that had come to them and asked for some of these additional security measures. So, Captain, can you kind of give us an idea as to, you know, how that came about and, and the reason for asking for those? Of course. So we look at the industry standards of any major event. If you go to a Red Sox game, you go to Gillette Stadium, you go to any concert, it's standard as a patron to expect to pass through some security screening before you enter a function with large amounts of people. As the commanding officer in charge of the the feast, as well as the chief's office and the entire organization, we always look and do feedback to how the event went. And we always think about, well, how can we provide better safety to the people that come here? You get tens of thousands of people going through the small, legitimately kind of a small space for that many folks. At one time, what are we missing? And the thought we've talked about for a couple of years was having some type of security screening in place that when you come to the feast grounds, 
you'll have to pass through some type of metal detector or something of that sort so that we feel safer than maybe years past. And so we brought that to their attention. Um, we said, hey, we'd like you to consider doing this this year. And to their credit, the fees committee was 100% on board right away. They said, we like the idea. They shared it with their, during their director's meeting. Everyone was on board. And we began to have the conversation about how best to handle that. So this year will be the first year. That's the, the, the change. And it's not a, again, we don't want to make it sound like it's anything different or substantially uh, new. Because if you go to any event anywhere, you're going to pass through the similar process. So the uh, fees committee agreed to put walkthrough detectors at all the entrance points of the fees grounds this year. And so, and they'll, as part of that, because you're trying to direct people through the security screening, there will be perimeter fencing around and you can't just wander into the feast grounds from any direction like you could in the past. Correct. And that's a huge, that's a huge change for a lot of people who maybe would just jump onto the grounds, right? But I think that provides such a level of safety that people will appreciate when they know once you're inside, how truly safe you feel. When you go to, you know, again, a major event and you get through that security screening, you feel good to be in there because there isn't very, it's very unlikely that there's anything else that's going to come through that could be um, a threat to you while you're enjoying your time at the feast grounds. One of the questions that has come up from people since this announcement came out was, well, what happens if there's something that happens in the feast grounds and people need to get out quickly? So you're dealing with a lot of open flame cooking. Mm -hmm. You know, what if there is some sort of a fire hazard, something happens where people need to get out? Right. Is it going to be four, you know, four exits that people are crowding toward or can you remove those barriers and get people out quickly? So we can, some of the fencing's removable quickly. Um, the, the security screening areas can be opened up fairly quickly. There's also at the, secu the security screening areas, there's exits set up as well. So we we are confident. Plus inside we have emergency routes. The medics have emergency routes. The fire department has emergency routes. We have gators and golf carts to assist. And we do that now anyways. We've done it in years past to help get folks across the grounds to ambulances and things. So we feel like we have a good enough plan in place that if we needed to open up to get people out quicker, it it's something that we can accomplish pretty quickly. I think one of my favorite calls was the person who called to complain that, you know, I've been carrying my gun on me for years at the feast, and now you're saying that I can't? And I was like, well, you really couldn't for a long time. That's been in the rules of the feast. I think people didn't realize that all the things that you are going to be scanning for at the security entrance is all the same things that are already on that list and have been on that list for years. Yeah, and the Madera Feast Committee has that list on their website. You can click on it. It says things you can't bring. I, I have it, and, you know, it's, it's lengthy. There's a lot of things you're not supposed to bring. And before we had any type of security screening, it was challenging because, like you said, people could just hop over from the south side of the school and walk through the carnival. And next thing you know, they're in the grounds. They got a backpack. They got a dog. They got a bicycle. All things they're not supposed to have with them. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to chase them down in a crowd of 10,000 people to get them to leave. And it becomes more of a burden and a security risk for somebody. The dog bites somebody. They have a weapon in their backpack. A lot of unknowns go on with that, and that causes people's level of fear to rise. So our goal is to really lower everyone's level of fear so they can really enjoy the event for what it is. And and really, I think people are just concerned because it's a change. It sounds like it's not going to be the big inconvenience that people think that it's going to be. And this is the first year. So come Thursday, you know, I'll be down there myself. I'm, I know I believe the chief's office will be down there for a while. The goal is to work out any kinks or bugs in the first couple hours on Thursday and to make sure that it's an efficient process and there are no long lines. You know, you're not standing in the middle of Hathaway Street waiting to get in with traffic coming at you. We've put a lot of planning and uh, cooperative effort into and conversations into the plan. And we'll be down there early this week 
you know, uh, setting those pieces up and ensuring that we have um, space for pedestrians to stand, where the lines are going to meet, how folks can be guided to those places so they understand, you know, the new security measures. And then we got a pretty good plan in place. I, I believe uh, Tim told me that the the group that is handling the security, setting up all this stuff for them, is the same company that handles Boston Calling. Is that true? Do you know? I don't know the answer to that. Okay, because I can tell you, having gone to that festival, there was n I've never gone through anything as smooth as that. So easy to get in, so easy to get out. And uh, so I really don't think people have much to worry about. Lieutenant, as people look at when it comes to events in the city, kind of as goes the feast, as go other events in the city, is this going to be a new standard that you can see getting put into place for other events? Or is the unique structure of the Madeira field what makes this able to happen? Well, certainly the Madeira feast is unique uh, for a lot of the character, the characteristics that it uh, possesses, you know, being in, in a neighborhood and being... Uh, having gone on for so long with so many different customs for over a century now. Um, but, you know, a lot of times when you institute or, or rather update your security measures, there can be a perception out there that, you know, you're doing that in response to some threat that, you know, we know about and nobody else does. And I just want to get clear that that's, that's not the case. You know, we, we anticipate having a, great, uh, having a great feast this year like we do every year. Uh, ever since we've been working, this feast is progressively getting better. And uh, these are just these are just measures to bring us up to par with other events that are that already do this. One of the theories out there was that this is because with the lack of officers, with the with the vacancies in the department, that there's not as many officers to handle security for the fee. So this will kind of make that a little bit easier. But it's always been kind of my understanding that everybody wants to work the feast detail, that you don't have any trouble finding people that are willing to come out and work. Yeah, the, we, we fully staffed for the feast every year. We always do. And the it, like the lieutenant just said, Having security teams with security checkpoints just allows us to be better at what we do and provide a safer environment for everyone that's attending. And just final question, what's the what's the best thing that people can do uh, on their end to make sure that this all goes as smoothly as possible? I think they should, I can read it if you'd like, but they should definitely follow the uh, what the feast committee will allow and not allow on site. The biggest thing, a bag. So what they will allow, it says only clear backpacks, clear Ziploc bags, small purses, wristlets, handheld bags, medical bags, and baby bags will be allowed. So if you show up with a backpack, it's going to get turned away, and that's going to cause you to have to get out of line, go discard it in your vehicle or somewhere else, and come back. If people can adhere to that, no animals, no drones, no weapons, no bicycles, no coolers, no food, no beverages, no illegal drugs or substances, no weapons of any kind, no fireworks, these are all things they have on their list. Um, on their website that if people would adhere to that list and just come, you know, cell phone, wallet, and keys. And as the Feast Committee says, bring a big wallet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, other than that, if you, you know, if you don't need anything else, that'll make it, the line move smoother and more efficiently. And, and by the way, they can put these rules in place because they own the field. This is not city property. This is not taxpayer property. They can dictate what comes in and out of that, that Madeira field. Correct. So, all right, well, thank you both for joining us and for sharing these measures with us. I hope that uh, it is a safe feast. I hope it's uh, the best feast ever. And I hope that, you know, we just look at this as the new standard going forward to keep everybody safe. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. And uh, we'll be right back in just a few moments.
right, welcome back in. 508-996-0500. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hi, you're on the air. Okay. Well, if you want to call in and have your voice heard, 508-996-0500. You can also send us app chat messages via the WBSM app or open line voicemails via the WBSM app. And don't forget that at 11 a.m., Mayor Mitchell will be here on South Coast Now with Chris and Marcus, and he'll be, um, they're, they're going to ask him, they're going to ask him about this ballot question and what went wrong, and, uh, and we'll see what the mayor has to say about that. But until then, you can have your say on that and whatever else is on your mind. Also, too, uh, check out my article at WBSM.com and on the app about Fairhaven's newest breakfast spot, May Breakfast, M-E-Y, May Breakfast opened yesterday. Uh, in the former Margaret's, uh, it is a place that will have full breakfast, but the the feature is their beautiful donuts, light, airy donuts. Um, even though I'm, you know, on, on, on a weight loss program, I, I just had, had one for breakfast, and it was very, very good. And I actually got it yesterday, brought it back to the station, left them on the counter overnight, and then I just opened this up, and it was still soft and light and fluffy. May says, you can... You can buy these and hold on to them for a couple of days. They don't get stale like other places where you have to throw them away after a couple of hours. So you actually get a couple of days out of these, and it was delicious. So anyway, you can read more about that at WBSM.com and on the app. So and one other place where you know you can get something delicious is the butcher shop because they've got all of the things that you need, not just all the great meat and seafood that they offer, not just the beer and wine that they have down there in the cellar. No, it's all about whatever you need at the butcher shop because that's what they want to do. They want to be a full service place where you can get any item that you need. Eric always says, if we don't have it, just let me know and I'll get it for you. That's the commitment to service they have at the butcher shop. That's the Pinaretta family promise. So if you want to head on over there and get yourself some delicious meat, though, they do have that. Everything from the celebrity pork chops to the Terrace Major, tomahawk steak, steak tips, chicken breast, lobster, whatever you need, they have it. But you can also get yourself some of their meat packages. They will put together a package for you that has everything you need for the week or for a cookout or whatever it might be so that you don't even need to think about what you're going to need. Just call them up and say, I need that meat package that you gave me last time. Package number three. They'll hook it up for you. You can go down there, pick it up. It'll be all nice and ready. And uh, and again, if you want to stop by and take a look at it all for yourself or maybe pick up some of their hot food as well, looking for some lunch, they've always got hot food ready to go right there at the butcher shop. Stop on by 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. And uh, when you go over there, make sure you grab yourself some of Maria's homemade rice pudding as well because you deserve it. You deserve a nice little dessert after having a great meal with all the wonderful food you got at the butcher shop, 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. All right, it is time now to go into the newsroom with Adam Bass and get all the big stories of the day, and then we'll get your reaction to them on the other side at 508-996-0500. But now, here's Adam with the news. GOP rivals of former President Trump are reacting to his federal indictment. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis tweeted that one of the reasons the U.S. is in decline is the, quote, politicization of the rule of law, saying he will end it. Vivek Ramaswamy continued his pledge to pardon Trump with his campaign saying the corrupt federal police won't stop until Trump is eliminated. 
Trump was indicted Tuesday for election interference that culminated with the January 6, 2021 Capitol riot. It is unknown if the indictment will help or harm his poll numbers, where he still holds a commanding lead for the 2024 GOP nomination. New Jersey is mourning Lieutenant Governor Sheila Oliver, who died one day after being hospitalized for unknown health issues. Natalie Migliori reports. The 71-year-old Democrat was a trailblazer, a daughter of Newark, who lived in East Orange for more than 40 years. East Orange Mayor Ted Green. Sheila Oliver has been a pillar in this community for years. Um, she had set a standard. Dolores Riddick used to work with Oliver and says she'll miss her smile. And I was totally in shock. Sheila was a wonderful person. She helped so many. Oliver made history as the first black woman to serve as Speaker of the General Assembly and just the second black woman in the nation's history to lead a house of a state legislature. I'm Natalie Migliori, NBC News Radio, New Jersey. A, na- a new national monument in Chicago honoring Emmett Till and his mother, Mammy Till Mobley, is official. Mayor Brandon Johnson spoke yesterday as a placard was unveiled to recognize Robert Temple's Church of God in Christ as a natural monument. Today, the story of Emmett Till serves as a marker, as a symbol of not just how far we've come, but how much more work we have to do. The 14-year-old black child from Chicago was kidnapped, beaten, and brutally murdered in Mississippi by white supremacists in 1955. The church was the site where his body was displayed in an open casket for his funeral, which helped launch the modern civil rights movement. Striking pit writers and Hollywood studios will start talking again this week. The Writers Union, the Writers Guild of America, confirmed Tuesday night that it will resume talks with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers about negotiations on Friday. That confirmation came hours after Deadline reported that both the writers and the studios had a new sense of of guarded optimism as the strike heads towards its 100th day next week. Causes of leprosy, also known as Hansen's disease, are spiking in central Florida. FIU infectious diseases expert Dr. Eileen Marty says while the disease is spread by armadillos, this outbreak appears to be spreading through human contact, possibly from travelers. While most people are immune to leprosy, 10% of the population will get the skin disease if they are exposed. And... Three, two, one... A Northrop Grumman and Terry's rocket blasted off from NASA's Wallops Flight Facility Tuesday night. The rocket carried a Cygnus spacecraft with a payload of supplies for the International Space Station. Along with scientific investigations, the mission will examine fire protection aboard the spacecraft and the density of Earth's uppermost atmosphere. In sports, the Boston Red Sox beat the Seattle Mariners last night 6-4, breaking their three-game losing streak. The two have one more game to play in the series. First pitch is today at 4.10 p.m. And now here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. You can expect another beautiful day in store for us around the area today. We'll have those low humidity levels, but it's going to be very pleasant. A lot of sunshine. Get out and enjoy the day if you can. High near 77. Overnight tonight, we get down to 61 degrees. And for your Thursday, the humidity starts to return, creeps back into the forecast. We'll be seeing a high near 77 degrees. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It is currently 65 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Wake up!
wake you up better than that extra large cup of coffee. No. More Tim Weisberg on WBSM. I'm only happy when it rains. probably aren't happy when it rains. You probably like a nice, beautiful day like this, but you really aren't going to be happy when it rains if you're having issues with your roof, right? Well, Precision Window and Kitchen, even though they don't have roof in their name, they have roof in their DNA. They can help you with any roof repairs that you may need. They can fix your roof. They can replace your roof, whatever it is that you need. They can also make sure that your windows are all up to par. They can replace those all or even just fix one pane of glass. They can also give you full kitchen and bath remodels. They can put vinyl siding on your home. They can do all kinds of projects around your house. But this is the time of year that if you're having issues with your roof, you don't want to wait until it rains. You don't want to wait until the winter snow comes. You want to get it replaced now so that your family is protected. And also, so it keeps in all that nice air conditioning. You're probably not running it today, or maybe you're only running it a little bit. You don't have to keep it on constantly. But when we have those heat waves, and you know we're going to get a couple more before the end of the summer, when we get those happening, and you're pumping all that cold air into your house, you want to make sure that it stays in there and that you're not just letting it go out the holes that are in your roof. So call Precision Window and Kitchen. Have them come on out. Go to their website, precisionwindowandkitchen.com. Book a free estimate. They will come over. They'll take a look, and they'll let you know what the job is going to cost, how long it's going to take, and I promise you they'll get it done better and faster than anybody else because they've got everything that they need right there in their shop. They don't need to wait for things to come in. They don't need to call somebody else to get something. They get it all there. They're the place that the other guys go to to get all that stuff. So stop on by their showroom at 1111 Cushioned Avenue and talk to them there or book that uh, visit from them at precisionwindowandkitchen.com. All right. So uh, we are talking about the ballot question, the question that will not go away, the topic that will not go away. And the reason why it will not go away is because, well, we haven't heard anything about it yet. We're waiting for city officials to come forward and say something. We're waiting for city councilors to come forward and say something. We're waiting for the mayor to come forward and say something. He will certainly be able to address it when he comes on with Marcus and Chris later on during South Coast Now. That'll be happening at 11 o'clock. And if he puts out any kind of statement before then, we will let you know about it. But is the silence deafening or reassuring? Do you feel like they're looking into what might have gone wrong here and they're going to present you with that information? Or do you think that they're just hoping that this goes away and that the questions stop being asked? 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Um, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. I haven't been to the Madeira Feast in a lot of years. So what, they, what they're talking about is uh, what they own is, I can remember walking near the Panthers Club, mm-hmm. and they used to have that wheel in there that you spin. Mm-hmm. And then, so they don't own the street there that, that, that Panthers Club is on. 
No, they don't own the street. They own the property where um, the stages uh, are and where all the booths are. That's all their property. You mean where the pavilion is? Where they? It's not very big, right? No, the pavilion, but also all that land that goes beyond it. So if you walk down, you know, you, you walk in, there's, you can go sit under the tent and eat. You can go over to the stages. You can walk to all the different booths. You can go over to the fire pit, you know, all, all of that area going back into the, to the area where they have, um, um, all the tables out there for you to eat, like all of that stuff, that's all part of their land. So that's all going to be fenced in as, as part of these new security measures. Oh, but all the way all around it, there's a lot of people because of the booths, right? That they sell things. The booths are part of their their land too. And just the streets. Right, the streets they won't have they won't have those fenced off. It'll just be the actual Madeira Field that they call it, you know that that parcel of land. Um, what else was I going to ask you? I only remember when you ordered food there, and there was that pit. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, where you cooked the meat, and then they had the um, I don't. It must be, it might be changed by now. Then you ordered Madeira wine. You got tickets at one place. No, that's all still the same. And there was one main stage, right? And then how many stages are there? Uh, what's there, Marcus? Three stages at the feast. There are three. Three, sta- three stages. Yeah, they just got a brand new stage too this year, donated by the Camara family. But that's inside, or is that on the street? That's inside, inside the the feast grounds itself. All right, and then, um, then the then there's the museum too. That part, right? Yep, that's down at the end of that field. So if you walk all the way down to the end, you'll find the museum. That's fenced in too. Um, well, that's fenced in anyway. That has a fence around it. Yeah, the courtyard outside of it. That's all fenced in already. So, um. A- you people ruin it for others um, because now you can't bring anything in, even a pocketbook, right? No, that's not, it's not really that people ruin it. Those are just the security measures that they have for any any gathering like this now. So if you go to a Fenway Park or if you go to a concert, you know they have the same rules in place, and they're just they're just adopting the same policies that other places have. Girls can't bring a pocketbook. You can bring one. You can bring a clear one, and it has to be of a certain size. Oh. Which is all, uh, they have it all on their website for people that need to have uh, the specifics, and they'll have signs up that tell you when you get there. Oh, Tim, you know what else I wanted to ask you? I heard on, on the news just now that um, he said that something about leprosy. Did you catch that? I did not. I got up and went over to my office during the news. Well, anyway, that's really weird. Leprosy, that hasn't been seen in how long? Well, it actually it actually uh, makes a, a comeback every, every now and then where... You know, there'll be breakouts of it. Uh, I remember there was a breakout of it. Uh, I want to say like in the late 90s, I remember there being a breakout of it. I don't remember exactly where, but I remember reading about it. So it, it really? does. Yeah, well, all it takes is for one person to get it and then it spreads. I'm thinking that COVID, the shot, the COVID shots bring in a lot of this stuff out. Nah, I don't think so. I haven't seen any, any reason to think that. I haven't seen any proof of that. Oh, I hope that doesn't come over here. Uh, I mean, if, just be careful who you touch, I guess. <laughs> okay, have a good day. You as well. Take care. Bye. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hi. I was just commenting about what you said about the feast. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's my understanding that um, 
uh, there will be temporary fencing um, in front of uh, the Panthers Club, which will actually run from Tinkham Street all the way down to Earl Street. It'll be blocked off. People will be able to access the sidewalk. But if you were standing in the doorway of the Panthers Club, you wouldn't be able to walk across. You wouldn't be able to jaywalk your way across the street. Yeah, I think if, if I remember right, what they were saying is that was going to be like kind of like um, what, the, what was the term that they called the bicycle fencing to corral people toward the toward the entrance. Oh, yeah, what they're going to do is that's actually going to be fenced off. Behind the carnival will also be construction-grade fencing. So what the, what's been done, in essence, is they've created a perimeter mm-hmm. by, by fencing in, and that perimeter goes actually from Earl Street, which is the street of the church. It goes down Earl Street as far as the end, and then it, it goes north on Hope Street and then up Tinkham, right? So that it, it's all fenced in, and that way they can, they can put the security system in place so that people uh, won't be get, won't be able to get into that fenced-in area without going through one of those detectors. Right. Yeah, you'll have to go through. So oh, by, yeah, by, and, and it makes that makes sense too because they want to make sure that the carnival is part of it too. Yeah, right, so that makes by, sense. Yeah, by squaring things off, it facilitates coming through those scanners. Which, um, again, these companies have handled major events, and it shouldn't take long for people to get through. I know I'm going to feel a lot safer in that place. Uh, and I've always felt safe there over the years, and I've had a few years uh, going through. But, you know, seated in the studio across from me was a piece of fixing Mr. Farrow. So I'm sure he can he can elaborate on some of the stuff that goes on there. And, uh, uh, and his family's been an integral part of that for a lot of years. Absolutely. Um, hopefully everybody has a good time and everybody stays safe. That's the best thing. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the call. Bye, Tim. You have a good day. And uh, let's see if we can get this one call in. I do have to take a break, but we'll we'll squeeze in one more call. You're next on WBSM. Uh, good morning. Uh, I'm a, a person that listens to your radio a lot. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, we uh, love it. And uh, I just want to touch base on a few callers that called. Sure. Um, one was the feast. I think the best thing we could do for the feast, the really best thing, is to make sure whoever's in charge watches who they give alcohol to. That right there should solve everything. Uh, the, the last one was the leprosy. And the Bible is the good Lord. He healed a lot of leprosy. And there's a lot of that in religion. Um, but one last thing I want to talk about with you guys is in the South End, right? You know how they tore down all those factories? Yes. Well, if you look, there's a bunch of stopped windmills. And then these big power things going up. They look like water jugs, but they're not. Are they going to put windmills all along the, the south? Is that where they're going over there and they're not saying anything? No, those those windmills that are down there on the waterfront are going out into the wind farm that's off the coast of Martha's Vineyard. Oh, okay. They're just putting they're just putting the so that has you know that will be a staging area for the the offshore wind development. So they'll be putting the pieces together there, and then they bring them out. Right now, they're actually out there uh, building the bases for this wind farm, and then once those bases are ready to go and the components are built here, then they'll ship those out there and they'll install them uh, off the coast of Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, they're allow that out there. Yeah. What if they, well, what if they hit the the boats hit the power lines and thing with it? Really? I don't know. No, these are going to be out. They're going to be out. Um, I forget exactly how many miles off the coast, but it's it's not going to be right there on the shore. It's going to be well offshore there. Oh, no kidding. Yep. Um, I, I, I was just wondering because they have those like you know those water jugs in there. Those look like they like house electricity or something. Like 
Something's going on there. <laughs> yep, it'll all be put out there yeah. in the in the wind farm out in the ocean. No, 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 in the south end. If you look, there's there's, there's a bunch of uh, I don't know, there's about a half a dozen of them. Do you know, like they put some stick, they put water in. I, I'm I'm not sure exactly what you mean. No. Well, they you know, like some places they'll fill it with the water to supply the place, but they're not. There's something else over there, and I thought that's what it was for. That's all. Oh yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I appreciate you taking my call. All right. Thank you for the call. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. Bye-bye. And I am going to take a break. We'll be right back in just a few moments. And welcome back in. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You are on WBSM. Hey, good morning, my friend. How you doing? Being that you are such a foodie, I don't want to talk about the registration. I don't want to talk about offshore wind. I don't want to talk about Donald Trump. Is today National Ice Cream Day or was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. I saw something on social media about it. I, th- I saw something for 4107 this morning, but I was rifling through, so I don't know if it was about yesterday or today. I don't pay like attention Rock to all those national days. and those, those are all just made-up fake days. Yeah, Michael but... Rock said ice cream abuse. They shows an ice cream sandwich in a parking lot outside of your station <laughs> on the ground. Yeah, people, people tend to be a little bit wasteful. I'm going to... I got a medical appointment late this afternoon with Fall River. So after that, I'm going to go up there to the ice cream place, which I've never been to. Across, not quite across the street from where Venus de Milo used to be. Mm-hmm. And whatever I get, I'm going to try something I've never had. I'm going to go out and be adventurous. Well, I can tell you it's National Ice Cream Sandwich Day. So you're going to have to go with the ice cream sandwich, which is a favorite treat of mine. I like, I do like the ice cream sandwiches. Okay, well, I'll get one of those cookie ones, one of those round ones. Still counts. Still counts. As long as the ice cream's in the middle. Same. Have a good day. Enjoy your ice cream sandwich. And uh, and anybody out there that's going to have one, have two. Have one for me because I can't have them anymore. So have yourself one and uh, and enjoy it. All right, why don't we take our final break of the program back in just a few moments. Welcome back in the final few moments of the program. Uh, Time if you want to call in at 508-996-0500. Or if you want to hold on, you can wait because South Coast Now is coming up next with Chris and Marcus, and they've got a lot to talk with you. And they'll be talking with Mayor Mitchell in the 11 o'clock hour, and we'll finally get somebody on the record here, some kind of answer about what's going on with this ballot question and, and where where the ball was dropped. And it's moved from the point where people are no longer, well, I think people are still upset about the fact that this isn't going to get on the ballot, but we're kind of resigned to the fact that this is what's going on. And now the next step is you'll have to call the counselors as part of Catherine and Paul's new initiative, call the council office, leave messages for the counselors. And if enough people do that, maybe that'll sway them to do something about this. I don't know that it will, but if two dozen people are enough to want to put a question to repeal the CPA and the millions of dollars that it brings in for the city, well, then a couple of hundred phone calls should want want them to get to do something about this. But the other side of that, too, is it's even less about that now. Now it's about the fact that we're get, there's a lack of answers, a lack of accountability, a lack of responsibility, a lack of explanation coming from city government. So the mayor will be here. He will have to answer some of those questions. And uh, so you want to make sure that you tune in for that. And of course, he'll be answering your questions as well. You can call in to ask the mayor questions because he'll actually be 
here in the studio as opposed to last week where he was on the phone and it was a little bit harder to do that. Uh, tomorrow, again, is the Feast of the Blessed Sacrament, and all the new security measures will be in place. Thank you to Captain Belong and Lieutenant Carolla for coming in and telling us about all of that. It's not going to be nearly as bad as you think that it is. However, it will be a little bit inconvenient compared to how it's been in the past, so just give yourself some extra time. Give yourself some extra time and don't worry about, you know, if you're standing there waiting in line, remember, it's all worth it once you get inside, right? And then once you get inside, you're not trapped. You can leave if you need to. And as the captain was telling us, if something goes wrong, they can always pull down some of that fencing and get people out there quickly. So you don't need to feel trapped. You don't need to feel like you're stuck. Uh, and plus,